Uh, good morning, everybody. Just going to do a little sound check. So, how, is there anybody who's. Okay, there we go. That's good. All right. So it's another day. <coughs> the invitation as a practitioner is to meet this day with fresh eyes. Right? Yesterday was ancient history. And today is, we'll see what unfolds. Hopefully you've got some rest. And we'll continue our exploration. We have some beautiful weather today. Some break in the clouds, some beautiful morning mist. I'll talk more about that after the sit. <coughs> but first I want to <coughs> just invite a certain quality into our practice. <coughs> And that is um, to attune to the effortless quality of awareness. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So often in our practice, we can, um, it can feel like a struggle. Struggling to be present, struggling to focus, struggling to yank our mind from wherever it's wandered. And so we can set up this paradigm of effort and and sort of like it's a battle. Like you take your battleground seat and you put your armor on and you're okay, ready for, okay, breath, come on. So that's one way to practice. There are other opportunities available. (laughs) So I'm gonna do this short practice that I like to share, usually at the beginning of the retreats. And it's the practice of unmindfulness, the practice of not being aware, of not paying attention, of not noticing anything, and not trying to be aware. So we'll do it for a minute, and your only instruction is to not be aware, not notice anything. (coughs) Off you go. Eyes open, eyes closed, doesn't matter because you're not noticing anything. and relax. a bell for those of you not noticing anything. 
So what did you, what happened? What, what did you notice even though you weren't supposed to be mindful? What happened? Anybody? It was a struggle to not notice something. Right, right. It's impossible to not notice something. Yes, right. Even if we try to block it out with thinking or humming or something, then we notice that. Anybody succeed in not noticing, not being aware? I, I do. Tell me. Well, well I, I know that the easiest way is just to engage in fantasy. Right. So I decided right away, okay, I'm fantasizing. So you were aware that you were fantasizing. So it's virtually impossible not to be aware, unless you're dead. So since mindfulness, since the, the essence of mindfulness is awareness, and since we're here on a retreat cultivating mindfulness, and since it's impossible to turn that awareness off, then this is good news, right? Why do we make so much effort if awareness is already here, already present, already knowing. So this is a good question for you. Why is it so hard? Sometimes our very struggle and trying gets in the way. Sometimes our over-efforting gets in the way. So the the question that arises out of this exercise is, if awareness is always present to something, for the most part, what is that awareness attending to? Where is your attention going? That is the critical question. And also, how you are attending to that thing. So where does your attention normally go? You had a good example of it yesterday. (laughs) Where does your attention go mostly? To the coconut. (laughs) To this thinking machine. That's mostly what takes our attention. And in our lives, it's uh, it might be people also, and my screens and whatnot, busyness. But in this context, mostly, as I said yesterday, lost in thought. And so that becomes, that's the practice in a way of noticing where the attention goes, noticing if that was intentional or not, noticing if that awareness to that thing is useful or not, and at times redirecting that attention to either what's here in the physical sensory present or what you've chosen to focus on this particular meditation, walking, sensations, breath, etc. So the reason I like to share this practice is sometimes when I do this practice, people say, oh, 
I think I was more present then than I have been the last 48 hours. Because I wasn't trying to be present and I just noticed, oh, yeah, as I sit here and I relax, I sort of feel my body generally and maybe I notice the air or the sounds or I notice my, the mood, I feel, you know, oh, that my mind's busy. And so I want to invite that orientation to relax into what's already here and what's already being known. And so mindfulness in some ways is the conscious knowing of that, of that experience. You take your seat and your attention might naturally gravitate to your body. And mindfulness is, is consciously knowing, being aware of that awareness of the body in that moment. Or when sounds come, consciously knowing, oh, hearing. Oh, breathing. So as we engage in our practice today to attune to this, the naturalness of awareness that is present to something. So today we're going to continue the first foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of the body and uh, expand from just the breath to also feeling the whole range of sensations in the body. So right now as you're listening and sitting or kneeling, just be mindful what you notice of your body, of your posture, the contact with the ground, of whatever aches and pains are there, or lightness and brightness or ease. Notice how much you inhabit your body, how much you feel the body from within, or whether it feels like a foreign object that you're suddenly attending to. So I want to reread the piece I shared from Achan Man yesterday, where he said, in your investigation of the world, never let the mind, never let awareness leave the body. Examine its nature closely. See the elements that comprise it, which I'll explore later today, the, the elements of earth, water, fire, and air. See its impermanent nature, its selfless nature, which means how it effortlessly, effortlessly uh, is itself according to conditions. See its uncertain, unreliable nature, unsatisfactory nature, it's painful nature at times, while sitting, walking, standing, or lying down. When the true nature of the body is seen fully by the heart, the wonders of the world will become clear. In this way, the purity of the mind can shine forth, timeless and delivered. So establishing your meditation posture Sitting in a way that allows your body to attune, orient to stillness. Sitting in a way that's kind to your body, not forcing or pushing.
times, I know I used to do this, I would put myself in a posture that was like a, a very long yoga posture, just trying to open my hips or something like that. Not recommended. <laughs> Save that for the yoga class. <laughs> Sit in a way that's comfortable and easeful, or as much ease as you can given you might have pain and discomfort chronically. Calling that line that I mentioned from the teaching, Yoniso Manisakara, this womb of attention, this embodied awareness. So as you close your eyes, lower your gaze, and you turn your attention inwards, without trying, notice what is known. Notice what physical sensations naturally are felt or appear. Being curious right now, what allures your attention? It may be the sense of contact, all the places the body is in contact the shins, the feet with the ground, the hands on the legs or the lap, the sit bones sitting heavily on the cushion or the chair, lips, eyelids touching, Notice, where do you feel ease in the body, or spaciousness, or lightness? The body is mostly made up of space. When we close our eyes, often we can sense into that spaciousness. where the sense of the body may dissolve. When the eyes close, there's no arms, there's no legs, there's no head, no hands. There's just a field of sensation. And we know that directly and intimately in awareness, tingling, vibration, pulsing, movement, pressure, heaviness, lightness, expansion, contraction. This body is a field of changing sensation. Never two moments the same. Experience its elemental nature, hardness, density, earth, fluidity, moisture, the water element. 
movement, air, breath, wind element, fire element, warmth, coolness, heat. So as you abide in awareness, you can be present to this changing flow of experience. And you can let your attention move. Maybe you feel the pressure in your knees, the expansion of the inhale, the coolness of the air, tightness around some contraction and discomfort. Lightness appears, some tingling of energy is felt, some pressure of weight in the sit bones, the softening of the exhale. Noticing how each sensation is in flux forever moving, changing, shape-shifting. And you can sit with this more general awareness of your whole body physical experience, the energetic experience. You can be present to the ceaseless changing sensations, ebbing and flowing. And as part of that general awareness of body, you can also be inclusive of the movements, sensations, happen with the inhale, with the exhalation, with the stillness of the pause between breaths. Mindfulness of body, aware of body in the body.
of course, natural that the attention spaces out, drifts into thoughts, plans, memories, always pull to other phenomena. No need to make a problem out of that. We simply acknowledge, oh, attention has wandered, as it naturally does. And with kindness, we re-establish awareness of the body, sitting, sensing, (coughs) breathing. As you attend to your physical experience, of course notice a range of experience, pleasurable, expansive, unpleasant, painful, physical pain, contraction. In particular, also noticing the way that you're relating to these experiences. What's the attitude in the mind and awareness? One of curiosity, open openness, allowing or resisting and reacting. 
So just to explore this for a moment. Take your attention to a place in your body you feel the most intense sensation. Pressure, discomfort, an ache, tingling, sharpness, your sit bones, your knees, feet. Explore that sensation with awareness, sensing its periphery, it's the center of it. Noticing how our labels are somewhat clumsy. We might label it pain or discomfort, but actually the physical experience is much more complex, made up of changing sensations, ebbing and flowing, moving, shifting. So releasing the concept or the label and just sensing the immediacy of that experience. Sensation is like this. Pain is like this. Discomfort like this. Noticing what happens when we bring awareness to an experience sometimes enhances it, sometimes dissolves it, maybe it shifts, maybe stays the same. And noticing your attitude towards it is the one of receptivity or reactivity. So easy when things are unpleasant, we can be triggered into aversion, resistance, judging, avoidance. Now in the same way, shifting your awareness to somewhere that's either pleasurable or easeful, pleasure, um, Expansive. And notice how it is to hold that in your awareness. Maybe something as simple as the breath, or stillness, or a part of the body that's spacious, tingling. that. <clears throat> and again, just returning to being present to your moment-to-moment -moment experience of the body, of the breath, and of any corresponding reaction or response to what's arising.
the last few minutes of the sitting. The attention has wandered, re-establishing that open awareness of body, relaxed and alert. And if, as often can happen in the latter part of a sitting, there's a sense of discomfort or pain or anywhere in the body that's not easy to be with, Seeing if you can imbue your attention with kindness, warmth, friendliness, and in particular softening the areas around the place you may be feeling pain or discomfort. The more we can find a sense of ease to hold what's difficult easier it is to bear, to be with. As we bring this sitting to a close, I invite you to open awareness to uh, sounds in the room, sense of space all around you, and slowly, if you're ready, you can still continue meditating just because we end the sitting. doesn't mean you need to end your sitting. If you feel very dropped in, you can stay there. Otherwise, you can slowly open your eyes and include awareness of seeing in the same way that we include awareness of sensing, breathing, hearing, include awareness of seeing, moving. It's just the next moment to be present to. Are there any questions this morning about your practice, sitting, walking, standing, instructions, talk? And particularly, actually, at first I want to invite, so you probably all saw that we're seeing people in groups today, and then we'll see everybody who's not on that sheet, we'll see the rest of you tomorrow. So for those of you who are not being seen today in a group, I want to see if, there's any, if any of you have questions, because otherwise you have to wait a long time to get that question answered. So anybody who, is not, who doesn't have a group today, who has a question about your practice, please. When I'm noticing, and then I notice that I'm judging, how do I stop the judging? You know, I'm <coughs> judging. <coughs> That's where I'm finding my suffering. Is yeah, yeah. Anybody else judging here? Right, it's a common, common, common habit. I wrote a book on it for that reason. <laughs> um, 
You don't need to stop the judging, you need to simply be aware of the judging. The awareness is mostly enough. It's not always enough, but that's the first step. So you notice something, then you notice the judging, and probably we might notice the judging of the judging. Oh, I shouldn't be judging. I'm such a bad meditator, I'm judging. Okay, judging, judging the judging. Oh, thinking, I'm aware I'm thinking, I'm aware that I'm judging. Usually that is enough to, to disengage from it, right? F- disengage from fueling it. And then it you know, drops away by itself. And you come back to what, you know, maybe you come back to the same object, but without the judgment. Maybe you're judging your breath, or you're judging your body, or you're judging your meditation. You see the judging, oh, judging. Okay, now let me come back to the immediacy of experience. Oh, right, I'm just breathing. My breathing is tight. Okay, so it's tight. Oh, well. And here it is. So there are a lot more active practices that I teach around the critic and the judge. But uh, for the most part, just seeing it, noticing it, releasing it, is, and then coming back to your immediate experience. You might feel the residue of it or the pain of it, especially if it's a self-judgment. If it's a judgment externally, then you shift your attention away from what's triggering the judgment to something else. And sometimes you can, if the judging is persistent, you might say something like, thank you for your opinion. And then you let it go and you come back to the next thing. Questions, please. Um, I have a question about reading. Uh huh. I was uh, very happy with the comment that somebody made yesterday about um, the tendency to go to read. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was also cheating, but after um, the talk about it, I stopped the reading. Uh-huh. Um, and, but I have to admit that in daily life, I see reading as a sort of a resting point in my days. And So now that I'm becoming aware of, you know, how much I love reading and I'm not doing it, and should be more conscious about what I read, um, could you speak to, um, I mean, can you read mindfully, or does it, because now really you're completely lost in it, you're like in another world. Right, right. That's not mindful, is it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Mindfulness and, and that kind of absorption is an interesting, it's an interesting arena. Um, you know, because we get absorbed into many things, right? And we and one of the reasons we enjoy things, whether it's making art or reading or music or gardening or lovemaking or hiking or many things, because we can often absorb our attention. We lose ourselves, right? There's a sense of there's almost a selfless quality in it. Um, so. Um, you know, reading's a wonderful thing. You know, I think we're, we're losing the art of reading because we're reading little, you know, 140, you know, sound bite, digit sound bites of things. Um, so, and as I said yesterday, useful to look at the intention and what's happening within that. And, and we can read very mindfully. I, I, I read a lot of poetry and uh, literature and um, I completely savor that experience. Um, 
So there's, you know, you can read in different ways. You can absorb and lose yourself. And you can also stay mindful of the process of reading and how it's impacting you, which is an, it's an extension of the practice. So I would say the refuge is your refuge is your body. Stay present to your body as you're reading, because mm-hmm. the body's having a lot of you know, experiences as you're reading. Okay, so anybody else? Not just those of you who have groups tomorrow. Yes. those terms. Just um, curious of your background. Yes, with Shambhala Yeah. And okay. Yes. Yep. Right. Yes. Yes. It's because they're very intertwined. So, um, so just to, as way of explaining, so shamatha is um, a term, sort of a sort of basket term that describes basically concentration practices that focus the attention, mindfulness of breath, could be a mantra, could be a visualization practice. Um, And uh, Vipassana is insight-oriented practice. And there's a lot of gray area, there's a lot of overlap in between. So, for example, mindfulness of breath is a classic samatha practice, a way of cultivating attention. You can develop absorption, concentration, jhanas, and deep states in that way. Um, And it can also be a a mindfulness practice that serves insight. There's a teaching, um, the Anapanasati Sutta, which is a teaching from the Buddha, how mindfulness of breath, through following the 17 or 18 steps, uh, is a path to insight and liberation. So, and in the context of this practice, we, you know, generally we start with more samatha-oriented practice. So the first day is breath, as a way to gather and collect and unify. But just because we're doing that, there's plenty of opportunity for awareness and insight to arise. So they're not mutually exclusive. And as we move through the retreat, we weave in more insight-oriented dimensions. Uh, We both expand the field of experience, in this case, body. But in a very simple way, for example, um, we start, we attend to the breath and the body, but it becomes an insight practice when we start to attune to the changing nature of of the breath and body, or we tune to the selfless nature of the breath and body. Or we see the, the, the suffering nature of either body or reactivity. Right? So it very quickly becomes an insight practice, even though we're still cultivating that you know, samadhi, that sort of gathered, collected mind. Right? But we're layering in ways to have a deeper understanding and insight about these very simple experiences. So the you know the breath can be both absorbing and liberating. You know we can as as the Buddha said, there's this fathom long body, 
uh, everything we need to know and understand can be under- can be you know, developed right here. So, um, so both are useful, both are necessary, and support each other. You know, in concentration practice, we need mindfulness. In mindfulness practice, supported by concentration, and um, it it help can be helpful to develop them individually, and ultimately they become one and one practice for the most part. Certainly, in this in this tradition, there's an integration of those two. A little less, a little more so than how Shambhala distinguishes them, which is why I was curious where you got that from. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what is it you think you should be doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, the... the, the, the because this is called insight practice, it it it, pre- it creates a little expectation. You know, we're sort of waiting. Where's the insight? Where's the insight? Come on already! I want my money back. Um, and you know, through the days, we have you know different levels of insight. You know, there's psychological insight. There's deep dharma insight. There's liberating insights. Um, and one can't force insight. The very nature of it arises out of Conditions, so we create the support of conditions: attention, awareness, concentration, you know, embodiment, reflection on on some of the mm, wisdom teachings like impermanence, selflessness, um, and we get to see, you know, like was pointed to earlier about you know, seeing how judgment arises or reactivity arises, and that that begins to uh, grow over time. So you know, I think of the first day, and to some degree the second day, we're still sort of arriving here, you know, and establishing awareness. And without that awareness, not much insight's possible. So, yeah. So, be, but be, you know, partly insight arises out of, you know, a curiosity, uh, and the, the factor of investigation, of being curious about our moment-to-moment experience, what's arising. How are we relating to it? Where is suffering being created in the moment? Where is reactivity arising? Where is freedom possible? Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. Other questions about your practice? So, Please. Yes, so um, I'm struggling with a cold. Mm-hmm. So You said you did take a cough drop? I did, yeah. Good.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so am I. Yeah. I want to run away. I yeah. can't run away. What am I going to do? Um, and, and what happened, though, is then, I don't know what happened, but there was this, and I, so the reason I'm bringing this up, I'm sorry to go on, but, um, so then you gave some more guidance about, and of course I had a story going, oh, he's probably doing that because of my annoying cough, so he's trying to <laughs> This is where insight happens, by the way, just in reference to your question, right? A lot of awareness and... and, and right. uh, but what happened is, um, you had us focus on something painful and unpleasant, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, of course, I'm, I'm focused on my throat, mm-hmm. and there was, a, there was a very nice um, something that happened, and kind of, um, uh, I would say... A, well, maybe it was acceptance, maybe that's what, I don't know. But I felt this um, awareness of gratitude for my body and this sense of, uh, in fact, it makes me emotional. It's doing the best it can. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it, it was is. very tender, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, of course, that was lovely. And then it was all kind of nice until the end of the sitting. And it felt as good as it's felt since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Well, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a whole lot in there. We could spend an hour unpacking that. No, no, no. It's great. It's beautiful. I mean, you know, I I like it when, when you know, people basically answer their own question and and, <laughs> and give themselves their own teaching and uh, and give the group their own teaching and. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, you know, and, and there, there is a lot of insight in, in what you were saying, you know, both, you know, we have an uncomfortable experience, this case, you know, cough and, and, and self-consciousness, and then, and then stories about, well, I shouldn't leave, or I want to leave, but I can't, and all, all those layers that we put onto our experience that rev up the intensity, right? Because you, you're welcome to leave at any moment, at any time, for any reason. Right, not a big deal, but internally it, it was made into a big deal, which created the anxiety and then the panic. And then you were able to bring uh, kindness, kind attention to to this difficult experience, which allowed some softening and then some tears and some appreciation of the body doing its best, and and um, and the whole sort of fabric of constellation of panic seemed to dissolve and then there was appreciation and gratitude and and then and then the mind comes in well what about the next sit and oh my god is it going to happen again and oh no what if it does and oh but I want to have this nice experience again and then there's grasping right this, that, that's that's how we have insight we see this whole you know edifice of life experience pain and and joy over something as simple as having you know intense coughing and, 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 you know, cold experience, right? So that's where, how awareness is liberating, that, you know, that you had the, you know, steadfastness to sit through it, right? And, and, and just to be present and be curious, and even though it was intense and panicky, and you hung in there and brought kindness and 
allowed it to dissolve. And that's a beautiful unfolding of how experience happens when we bring awareness and a kindness to, to what's, what's here. And then what happens tomorrow, next sit, who knows? That's, you know. But we learn, hopefully, oh, you know, that was, that was the way through. The way to be with that was through it, in the middle of it, with awareness and kindness, right? That's our two main tools for life, meeting things with awareness, curiosity, and with kindness. And then what happens, well, we'll be supported by those, those, those attitudes. And so if it happens again, well, you'll hopefully summon as much awareness and kindness and maybe a cough drop and maybe bring some water next time so you can ease your throat and, um, and it will be what it will be, you know. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And, and p- feel free, you know, if any, like if it happens, if you need to leave, you need to move, feel free to do that. There's no, there's no rules in here. Take care of your body first and foremost. And, um, and also there's a place for sitting with the experience, however difficult it gets, and often we have some quite freeing experience in the middle of it. So, beautiful. Thank you. Yes, no, we can't. Um, so if you have, uh, but you could get probably, they, you know, if you have a closed bottle, um, yeah, if you have, you know, if you've got an itchy throat or something, of course, yeah, please. Okay, so a um, couple of logistical things. So we have our practice discussion groups today, and well, you'll have two groups through the week. Um, and uh, so please check the notice board, check the times, please come on time. We like every, it's, it's not an optional group. We'd like to check in with you just to see how you're doing. It's a chance to ask questions about your practice or just check in with whatever's coming up for you. Um, so I'm meeting in the council house, which is the building I think that you registered in. Did you register in the council house? Yeah, okay. And then Dawn's groups will be in room five, which is just um, along from the bathrooms. Um, and uh, what else? Yes, so Dawn, uh, as part of her teacher training, will be sitting in um, my first group of the day, which is at 10 o'clock, a little after this. She'll be sitting in just to observe. It's part of the way that we learn how to teach, is observing, uh, you know, being here in that, in that role as an apprentice, assistant teacher. So, um, what else? So in the walking practice, whatever instructions we give here for the sitting, please weave those into the walking. So as you walk, you know, there's different, many different ways to walk. As I said yesterday, I mostly keep my attention primarily in the soles of my feet as a contact point, just like we have the breath as a contact point, as a, as a home base. But you can also just expand to the whole field of sensations in the body. Yeah? And particularly, as many of you might be walking outside, be aware of the air on the skin and the sunlight and the warmth and the shade and the coolness and the smells and allow it to be a full body sensory experience. And the last thing I want to say is, um, uh, you know, as practice, particularly yesterday and sometimes today, you know, not always easy. Um, to notice where you how where you incline your intention. Right? The Buddha talked very important about where we attend to, and we can often attend to what's hard, and have some kind of a slightly 
have some idea that meditation, being spiritual, is sort of a bit grim and being dour and being serious. And, and this is a serious business, but we don't have to be serious and dour about it. Right? So, um, uh, it was one of my teachers talked about, he said, have out of discipline, but inner spaciousness, inner delight. Right? Allow, you know, so if something's beautiful, let yourself take it in. And to close with a poem from Mary Oliver um, about mindful, it's called, called mindful, and it, and it speaks to how uh, she says how we can turn our attention this way. She says, um, uh, "Every day I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight, that leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It is what I was born for: to look." to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world with joy and acclamation. And nor am I talking about the exceptional, but of the common, the ordinary, the daily presentations. Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how could you grow but wise with such teachings as these, the untrimmable light of the world, the oceans shine, and the prayers that are made out of grasses? So may we touch joy when it arises and may we touch with kindness and presence everything else that arises. Have a lovely day of practice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.